the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are running our race, and there's a great cloud of witnesses that have already run theirs. Could it be that they're standing in the stands and they're cheering us on? Hang in there. Do it. Of course, you don't hear them. But I sometimes wonder if my father, the man who led me to Christ and challenged me to serve the Lord, I've often wondered, can he see what those years that he put into my life, that it was worth it? I don't know. But when the Bible says when we lead somebody to the Lord, there's joy in the presence of the angels. Not that the angels are rejoicing, but there's somebody in the presence of the angels that could be rejoicing. I just wonder. I wonder if they see. I often think about some of the people that have already gone on. I can't say they're not because I don't have a scripture that says they do or they don't. But there might be a little truth into this, but uh, I don't mind thinking that way. And no, I don't want them to be ashamed of me. And I know the Lord, but I've never seen God's face. But I've seen these people. I've seen their face. I've seen my mama. I've seen her face. I've seen my two sisters. I led them all to the Lord. But they could be in that cloud of witnesses. And if they are, I want them to see that. Mom said, there's there's my son. That's my son down there. That's my son. I want my son to say, that, that's, that's, my, that's my brother. That's my big brother down there. I want them to be proud of me. But, of course, there's nothing that compares with, I want the Lord to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You better do what you can while you can because you're, we're running out of time. Now, I want you to look at the next statement. A letter B there, 1 Corinthians 2, 9. If God hasn't told us everything, can't you see that God likes surprises? Where he says, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. God is going to surprise us with all kinds of stuff. We haven't got an idea what it's really going to be like when we get to heaven. Yeah, somebody wrote a song called, I Can Only Imagine. I can only imagine if I can only imagine. I can't even imagine what it would be imagined. Second Corinthians 5, 7, right there in your notes. Can you see that we walk by faith in what God says? And not what we see. You see, we pose a see with the eye of faith. The eye of faith is taking God at his word, believing in the things that we cannot see. When God made the world, he says, the world is the evidence that there is a God behind it. Because, you see, faith is the substance. It's the evidence. The things that we have and we can see is the proof of things that I cannot see. I believe there's a heaven and now I believe there's a hell. And though I've never seen them, but I believe they're as real as this earth is real. Because the same one that made the world said in his word, it's real. And he didn't lie about the world. I don't believe he's lied about his word. I believe it's all true. I can't make anybody else believe it. But in John chapter 4 and verse 35, I want you to look in your Bible at that verse. John chapter 4 and verse 35. Did you know we say this verse every Sunday morning? We refer to this verse. You say, I didn't know that. Well, you haven't been listening to what we've been quoting. In John chapter 4, and verse 35, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, 
Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they're white already to harvest. Look. Can you see that? Can you see why we wanted to have a college? Because we've got to train some people. Do you know right now, John John could not be doing what he's doing if it wasn't because of college. He would not be doing what he's doing because he's teaching in the college. And we have Jesse somewhere. Oh, he's back in the back. He wouldn't be doing what he's doing. And we got Trenton. Some of these other come out. They would not do what they can do if it wasn't because we had the Bible college. But somebody has to have a vision. You've got to have a vision. But that vision is because you look on the fields. And he says, pray ye the Lord of the harvest that are sent forth labors into the... So we know we've got to produce some labors. Somebody who cares. That's why we want people to come to college. College is just another name. Forget the name. Let's just do the job. It means we've got to teach you the word. You've got to learn the word. And God says, look on the fields. They're white already to harvest. And who was he talking to? His disciples. They finally got it. They finally saw what he was talking about after his resurrection. Look at the next scripture we have reference here. Can you see that spiritual eyesight is the result of spiritual understanding? See, your vision, and you say, well, I see, I mean, I understand. When he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, can you see you have a part in that? Can you see that you also respond? How is your eyesight? You say, I don't see that, I don't see that, I don't see that. What do you see? If you don't see, you should be involved. Who should? You've got another Bible that exempts you? There's only one Bible. And I have looked through this thing and I cannot find one loophole. How can I get out of this responsibility? And so for 55 years, it has burdened me down that this is what I want to do all my life. I've been doing exactly the same thing because I believe it's the truth. Look at the next statement. Ephesians 5.15 says, can you see that wisdom is being able to see where you walk? Because he says, walk circumspectly. He says, what does it mean to walk circumspectly? Well, like a long-tailed cat on a fence with barking dogs on both sides. It means you are aware of what's going on in your life, and you're watching to make sure that you don't get off the road and go chasing that rabbit and chasing that rabbit and chasing that rabbit. And chasing. You want to serve the Lord, and you don't get off. If you have to put blinders on, I am set. Face like a flint. Don't move. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Look at the one down at the bottom. I want you to look at this first. Second Corinthians in chapter 4. Second Corinthians and chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4. And you'll notice he's talking about something temporary and something eternal. Uh, look what it says in verse 17. For our light affliction which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. In other words, this life, which is temporal, just a moment, one little small slice of time, you may do what God wants you to do, and God says the reward for that is eternal. If that's true, well, what if I gave him another slice of my time and another slice of my time? What if I just give the Lord the whole pie? Look what I'm going to get for eternity for something that was earned in just a moment of time. Is it worth it to serve the Lord? You have to see it. And if you don't see it, you won't do it. It'll be nothing more than a game. I'll do what I want when I want. No discipline. No making yourself do what you should do because you will not examine yourself. 
How's your eyesight? I believe these things are all important. Now let's go to the ear. Say, boy, we're not going to get much of this body covered, are we? My ear test. How are my ears? Do you know what? I got hearing aids in both of my ears. Now, the reason I have those in here is because I can't hear too good. That's why you get hearing aids. And what I like about them, I can take them out. <laughs> Betty says, Yankee. Yankee. Oh, did you say something? <laughs> oh, I never heard you say that. Have you ever heard people say, you know, you got selective hearing? It all depends on if you want to hear. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that hath ears to hear. In other words, you want to hear because you want to understand, because you want to do whatever it is you hear and should get done. In James chapter 1, verse 22, it talks about that. Be not hearers only, but also doers of the word. Doers of the word. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. Philippians chapter 4, verse 9, the peace of God is to those who do what God's word taught. When you learn what the word of God says, and you do what the word of God says, then peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. Because, you see, if you don't do what God says to do, there's a lot that you are robbing from yourself. You're stealing from yourself, robbing yourself, hurting yourself, afflicting yourself. Now, is that what you want to do? And you bring some pain and misery to your own life. The next verse, the Bible says, hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How is your hearing? If hearing comes by the word of God and you don't study the word of God, then you're not going to hear the voice of God, are you? Lord, I want you to lead me. God said, I'm trying to, but you can't hear me. I did this one time in a meeting. I told a guy I wanted him to... Um, March up and down and listen to me. And whatever I tell you to do, I want you to do. And I would talk real soft. And I said, just start walking. And he walked over there. And I said, now stop, turn, march, left, right. And I'll do that. And then I told everybody else, start making all the noise you can. Start hollering and yelling and screaming. And I said, now you just keep walking. And they started hollering and yelling and screaming. And I kept talking the same way. After a while, he was out of step. He, could, he, didn't, he didn't know what to do. He couldn't hear my voice because of all the other noise. And sometimes when you're not tuned in to his voice, you hear all the other voices. And there's a lot of things in this world to get your attention so that you don't hear the word of God. When he says, my sheep hear my voice, hear my voice, and they follow me. There is, I hear his voice. But whenever the Lord says, that you are not condemned. He that believes in him is not condemned because he makes the statement, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And if you will hear what God says, he hath everlasting life because he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. He that heareth my word and believeth. They go together. You have to hear and when you hear the voice of God that says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what you follow. You followed his voice, and it led you to eternal life. Look what he got you. But he didn't take you home. There's so much more he wants to give you.
than just going to heaven. And it's things that can last for eternity, but we haven't seen them. All we got to go on is his word, and you know you can't believe that, or can you? That's where faith comes in. Faith comes by hearing. I heard that. I heard that. It means I understand. And you'd be surprised the value that that can be to you. The next one I have here, Hebrews 5, 11, to be tired of hearing is to be tired of doing. And there's people who are tired and weary. And he says, faint not when thou art rebuked of the Lord, because you're going to be rebuked. And sometimes the rebuking comes through people. And as he makes a statement in Hebrews chapter 5, the tired person who doesn't have the strength to go on, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And a lot of Christians don't have any strength because they don't have any joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Because there is joy. Like Christ said, the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Why could he endure the cross? Because of the joy. He knew what it was going to accomplish. Now, look at number six. And I think i got to kind of rush through this. Has your speech been seasoned with salt? You know, you can be right in what you're saying, but not right in the way you say it. Boy, I have had that thrown in my face so many times. Because I may be right in what I'm saying, but the way I say it is uh, it's hard. It's, it's drilling, you know, it's, it's like slapping somebody upside the face. And they say, Yankee, you've got to learn how to be, you know, more kind, seasoned with salt. And what do you do? If you're going to slap them, do it gently. If you're going to hit them in the nose, you're going to, because no. you don't want to really hurt them too bad. Well, see, I had to do it three times to get their attention. When I do it this way, boom, wake up. Save time. I'm not saying that's the way to do it. But yes, we should be careful and because with the tongue, your mind is on parade. If I want to know what you're thinking, just let you talk long enough. You'll tell me. And so you've got to be careful. In James chapter 3, verse 8, to discipline the tongue, you must discipline the mind. Is your tongue telling on you? Whenever you are not thinking right, your tongue will talk about things. Do you talk about the things of God? What's the most important things in your life? Do you talk about the Lord? Talk about what you've learned in God's word lately. What have you learned in God's word lately? What has God taught you lately? What experience has God brought? And most people talk about everything but God. Everything but the word. There in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. Just look what we have here. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. No corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. And that's why, yes, after all these years, and I say it, but I... I know it comes across wrong. It, people think, well, he's just bragging. But I have never sworn a cuss word. I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never had a drink of strong drink. I don't even know what it tastes like. I've had people say, well, you know, everybody has to do some of those things. No, you don't. And the reason sometimes I bring it up is because people say, you've got to live a good life. Okay, can you beat what I did? Most people can't. And I'm the guy that's telling you that has nothing to do with going to heaven. Nobody goes to heaven because, well, I never smoked and I never drank and I didn't cuss. And I didn't. Who cares? That doesn't get you any brownie points into heaven. Are you perfect? Well, no, you're not. You're a sinner just like everybody else. And you better be thankful to the Lord that God saves sinners. And I'm glad that I'm in that classification because God can't save you if you're not a sinner. I'm in it. I'm in. I'm, I qualify. God saves sinners. Look at the next statement. In James chapter 3, verse 5, it talks about the tongue. And how it can kindle a fire. How many fires have you been starting lately? 
Have you been saying things against people, kind of cutting people down, low-rating them, trying to destroy their testimony, just to being a mean person? If you've got a problem with somebody, you always go to that person first. Go to the individual and try to see if you can resolve it. And you tell things only to the people that can be a part of the solution to a problem. If they can't be a part of the solution, then uh, they don't perhaps need to know what that problem was. Guard your tongue. Don't sow seeds of discord. Don't try to create trouble. The next statement. Speaking the gospel is a proper use of the tongue. I thought I'd just write that down. I thought that was good. Speaking the gospel is a proper use of the tongue. Because Paul says, I am indebted. I'm not ashamed to preach the gospel to those that are from also. Look at the attitude test. you got time. You can go through these and you can read some of these. But these are very good. Look at letter B. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise. See those next words? You ought to underline those. Think on these things. Why? Because it makes a difference in your attitude based upon what you think about. You think upon all the sour things, the bad things you consider that happens in your life, and you're not going to be a happy camper. But you think about how good God's been to you. Think about the blessings that he has brought to you. And the opportunity to be alive and to be able to serve the Lord. There's a lot of things to be happy for. And it can change your whole attitude where you can enjoy life. Letter D. But I fear lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Did you know that Satan wants to corrupt your minds? And God wants you to have a pure mind. You see, it all depends on which way you're going. If you allow the problems of life to push you up against the Lord, it's a wonderful thing. It pushes you. The pressures. Or it can become a wedge. It can come between you and the Lord and push you away. You're the one that determines which side you get on. On the wrong side, it can destroy you. The right side, it can be a blessing. Learning how to think. And down at the bottom... A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And see, that usually reflects upon the attitude that you have. Attitude, very, very important. Now, look up here. These are some notes that you ought to go over every once in a while. You know, like um, every other day for a while. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We have all sinned. So God says... This is the product of what's on the inside of us. You see, this does not make us a sinner. I am a sinner, and this is what I produced. We do all these wrong things because we have a, well, a sinful nature. Bad fruit comes from a bad root, and we are, we are the problem. And God says the wages of sin is death. That means eternal separation from God in hell. To go to heaven, you have to be perfect, as righteous as God, and none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. We have all come short of God's perfection. And you can't save yourself. Now, this hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord, God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us. He hates our sin because our sin separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, did not have to die. But because he loved us, and this separated us from him, he took the sin and paid for it on the cross. Came back from the dead. And says, the only thing we have to do is believe that he did it for us. So when I believe he did it for me, God put that payment to my account. 
And when Bob Brooks believed it, he put that payment to his account. And so everyone who believes it, he puts this payment to their account because there's enough here to pay for all the sin of all the world. From the first man to the last man and all sins in between, he paid for. So wherever I am in here, he's paid for all my sins. They're all paid. I don't care where I am. I don't care where you are. First sin, last sin, all paid. And he came back from the dead. All he wanted us to do. Well, you believe he did this for you. When you believe he did it for you, he said, I'll give you as a free gift everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. It means you will not go to hell. That is a guarantee. But have everlasting life guaranteed to go to heaven. That is eternal security. This is secure, heaven. And hell, that's been secured. I can't go there. I have been saved from hell to heaven. Now that's good news. Men, reserve the last Saturday of the month for the Iron Sharpens Iron Men's Bible Study and Breakfast at Calvary Community Church. Join us at 7.30 for a home-cooked breakfast. Then at 8 a.m., the featured speaker of the month will present a one-hour classroom-style men's Bible study in a relaxed atmosphere where questions and dialogue are welcomed. The Scripture tells us that iron sharpens iron, and this men's Bible study is open to those of all levels, whether new believers or mature Christians. The Iron Sharpens Iron Men's Bible Study and Breakfast. Don't miss this monthly opportunity for fellowship and the study of God's Word. Thanks for joining us on BibleLine. If you are in the area, we welcome you to visit us. The address for Calvary Community Church is 4811 George Road, Tampa, Florida, 33634. And now, a closing thought from Pastor Arnold. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed. Caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon. Just keep looking up. You've been listening to Bible Line, sponsored by Calvary Community Church of Tampa. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit BibleLineMinistries.org. That's BibleLineMinistries.org. Here's Dr. J. Vernon McGee with a poem about Bible study. Yes, I thought I knew the Word, but I found that thorough reading was a different thing to do when I read the Bible through. If you've been on the Bible bus for long, you know letters are a big deal to Through the Bible. Tell them how your Bible study with them has changed your life by logging on to our station website, keyword letter. Click the Through the Bible banner today at letstalkfaith.com. If you're like a lot of Floridians, you've not been spending a lot of time in your car. When you're called back to work or taking that nice family drive to get away from it all, take a good look at your windshield. If you notice any cracks or chips, I want you to call Auto Glass America. I use them on my windshield replacement. Was so happy with the work. Remember, just because you drive an expensive import, you don't have to go to the dealer. And with Auto Glass America, you get a free windshield and cash back with comprehensive insurance that is the kind of deal we all need in this economy. Remember, 813-96-GLASS. 813-96-GLASS for Auto Glass America. Tell them Mike Gallagher sent you. Hi, I'm Arielle Winter. If you're anything like me, your pets are not only your best friends, they're part of your family. American Humane, which has been rescuing animals like Cleo here for more than 100 years, has life-saving tips that can make a big difference before, during, 
and after disasters such as hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, or wildfires. So when disaster strikes, you want to be prepared to protect them. Be sure to microchip or tag your pets. Never leave them behind in a major crisis, and be sure to have an emergency kit ready in your home at all times with a pet crate or carrier, leash, blanket, ID, and medications, their water bowl, and 7 to 10 days worth of food. To find out how to protect your entire family during a disaster and help our best friends in their worst times, please visit AmericanHumane.org. It's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. You know, spring cleaning doesn't just mean the deep clean you do around the house once a year. You may want to do some tidying up for your business's digital marketing, and Salem Surround can help. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more by logging on to surroundtampa.com, surroundtampa.com. Connecting you with new customers. Take Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910 with you wherever you go. Using our mobile app, Let's Talk Alexa, tune in, iHeart, and at radio.com. Faith Talk 570, WTBN. Online at Let's Talk a service of the Salem Media Group. Joe Bunkley is taking some well deserved time off today, so we're taking the opportunity to showcase some of our local ministry programs, including the Barnabas Effect, with Pastor Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church in Temple Terrace. Up next is the Barnabas Effect, sponsored by Mission Hill Church. Think about those words I retract and I repent. He's saying, I've said things I shouldn't have. I became self righteous in my defense, and now I humble myself before you. He's saying those nine words that most of us probably need to say to someone today, and most all of us certainly need to say to God I am sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus Christ like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhillchurch.com. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. It's time to be quiet. Or, or maybe it's just in your relationship with God. And you've been through hell in your life. You've experienced abuse or, or you've had that bad marriage or you faced physical infirmity one on the other without explanation. And it's called you to pull away and step away from God. And he would say, zip it. Be silent in my presence. So Job said, I am small and I will shut up. But then he turned his focus to God. 
And in chapter 42, he gives us this third step of the gospel. Not only must we acknowledge we're small, we're sinful in need of God. Not only must we stop making excuses and stop trying to work and earn and deserve our way into his presence. We must come to a place where we recognize who he is. And so Job said, you are sovereign. You're in control. You're the king of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You know what he was saying? I I think Job was saying, I get it. You've got this. What if we would come to that place in our life where, where simply we would say, God, I finally get it. You've got this. Matter of fact, let's practice right now. Uh, we're going to say that first part and then we'll pause a little bit just for dramatic purposes. And then we'll say that last part. So it'll sound like this. We'll say, I get it. You've got this. All right, let's do that together. Ready? I get it. You've got this. That's what it means to understand that that he's in control, that he's large and in charge. Uh, Job finally decided to embrace God's purpose in all this mess. Verse 3, we see that he understands this. Look in 42.3. Listen to this from the paraphrase, the message. You asked, who is this muddy in the water, ignorantly confusing the issue, second-guessing my purposes? I admit it, I was the one. I babbled on about things far beyond me. I made small talk about wonders way over my head. You told me, listen and and let me do the talking. Let me ask the questions. You give the answers. See, Job had wanted to ask God questions, but God let him know that he would be the one asking the questions. He asked those 77 questions. Job couldn't answer one. And a lot of us are like Job. We cry out to God and we want God to to answer according to our wishes. But too often our opinions and our beliefs about God are based in ignorance. That's why scripture says in Isaiah 55 and verse 8, maybe you need to write this down. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts than your thoughts. He's saying, I operate on a totally different level than you. There's a certain time of the year where at night, when it gets real quiet, and I'm trying to go to sleep, all I can hear are the three billion nine hundred and sixty-two million four hundred and thirty-five thousand frogs that are living in my yard. <laughs> they are singing like the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. I mean, they are so loud. And so there was a night that I said, I've had it. I went and I turned off the alarm and I went outside and I found one of those frogs and I got down and I looked in his eyeballs and I said, you listen to me. (laughs) And you know what he did? He just croaked right in my face. (laughs) You know why? Because no matter how hard I try, I can't communicate with a frog. Even if I speak my best ribbitees, It just won't work. You know why? I believe this with all my heart. Because my ways are higher than his ways. My thoughts are higher than his thoughts. 
My brain, as small as it may be, is a lot bigger than that stupid, loud frog. And there may need to be a realization in our minds that as great as the difference is between us trying to talk to a frog is the difference of us trying to understand the heart and minds of God. His thoughts are different. His timing is different. His techniques are different. And when we understand he's sovereign, we rest in that reality. It's a good day when you've learned you don't have to have all the answers. It's a good day when you know that our God makes no mistakes. I love Pastor Chuck Swindoll. He was reflecting on this passage and he gave these four truths. He said, God's purpose is unfolding and I cannot hinder it. God's plan is incredible and I will not comprehend it. God's reproof is reliable and I dare not ignore it. And God's way is always best and I must not resist it. Tomorrow I'm going to be able to see my college age boy. I'm a little nervous because, you know, when kids go off to college, they get all the answers in life. (laughs) Can't wait to see what I'm going to learn this Thanksgiving. Like the old college boy that came home, he had learned everything, and he's looking up in the tree in his yard around this time of year. He looked at the big oak tree, like I said, in my yard, and he saw that big, vast oak tree. And he saw it holding up the little tiny acorns. Then he looked over in his garden. And he saw the great big pumpkins that were growing on the garden attached to those wimpy little vines. He turned to his dad and he said, Dad, you know, I'm learning a lot in school. His dad said, yeah, what are you learning? He said, you know, sometimes God makes mistakes. Dad said, oh, really? He said, yeah, for example. He said, you know, it really didn't make much sense that those big old strong oak trees are holding up those tiny little acorns. When those scrawny little vines are all that's attached to those big old heavy pumpkins. About that time an acorn fell from the tree. Hit that old college boy on the head. His dad didn't miss a beat. He said, whew, thank God that wasn't a pumpkin. God's answers are always sufficient. Job didn't have the answers, and he finally understood that. The answer of God's presence was the only answer he needs. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. It's Romans 8, 28, not saying that God causes all things, not saying that all things are good, but says that we know in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purposes. The question today would be, are you trusting the purposes of God in your life? Have you acknowledged his sovereignty? So he said, I am so small. I will shut up. You are sovereign. But remember, revelation truly from God must always result in repentance. 
And so he says, I surrender. He raises the white flag. He resigns as the boss. Sitting there on the throne of his ash heap, he realizes in the midst of his trauma, he had gotten it all wrong. And I believe in that moment, God began this process of restoration that we'll read about at the end of the book. You see, Andrew Murray put it this way, God is ready to assume full responsibility for the life wholly yielded or surrendered to him. Or maybe you can relate to these words from C.S. Lewis. Christ says, give me all. I I don't want so much of your money and so much of your work. I want you. I've not come to torment your natural self, but to kill it. No half measures are any good. I don't want to cut off a branch here and there. I want to have the whole tree down. I don't want to drill the tooth and crown it. Stop it, but to have it out. Hand over the whole natural self instead. In fact, I will give you myself. My own will shall become yours. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 12 in verses 1 and 2, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to him. That's your spiritual act of worship. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what is God's will, his good and his pleasing and his perfect will. If you've just joined us, You're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the Watch tab at MissionHillChurch.com. Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at MissionHillChurch.com. And now, with more of today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. And so Job says, In verse 5 of chapter 42, I admit, once I lived by rumors of you, now I have it all firsthand from my own eyes and ears. Job was saying what us preachers say when we describe making that 18-inch journey from the head to the heart. He's saying, I've lived on this rumor of you. I've lived based on these beliefs, this understanding of you. But now I really do get it. Now, deep within the recesses of my heart, I know you. And friends, I would say to you today, that is the question you must resolve. Are you living your life based on the knowledge of him, based on intellectual assent and belief in him? Or or have you come to the place where in your life, in the depths of your heart, you've said, oh, God, I get it. I know you personally. And you are so much more than anything. He's saying what the blind man said that we sing about. I once was blind, but now I see. 
He's saying you can know God in a personal way. It's what Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 12. I know whom I have believed in, and I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him from that day. Friend, as you evaluate the storms, the fires, the trials, the difficulties of your life, I I need you to to really wrestle with this question. Have you come to know my God in a real and a personal way? And you see, when when you put yourself in the presence of that kind of God, it it puts you in the dust. And you begin to say, (laughs) God, there are some things I need to get right. So an interesting thing happens. This whole time, where's Job been? On the ash heap. He's been in the city dump where they burned the trash, sitting on the ashes, moaning and groaning about his life. And in this moment, he says, God, I repent and I retract right here in dust and ashes. This ash heap has new meaning to me. You bring beauty from the ashes. Think about those words, I retract and I repent. He's saying, I've said things I shouldn't have been saying. I've talked about things I knew nothing about. I became self-righteous in my defense, and now I humble myself before you. He's saying those nine words that most of us probably need to say to someone today, and most all of us certainly need to say to God, I am sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. He's saying what David understood in Psalms 51 when again and again and again he cried out to God, culminating in verse 10 when he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Now I want you to think about something. While Job is repenting, what has changed about his circumstances? What's that? That's the right answer. Let's say it together. What has changed about his circumstances? Nothing. He's still bankrupt. He's still without his family. He's still covered in sores. And this makes his attitude of repentance so much greater. See, repentance is is not about saying magic words to God and him fixing all your problems. Repentance is recognizing in light of who God is, regardless of what's going on, you can understand, I am so small. I will shut up because you are sovereign and I surrender. John Hartley speaks of the essence of his response when he says Job abases himself and he recants. He confesses to himself that he'd be no better than dust and ashes on which he's been sitting. He's come to a true assessment of himself before the holy God. He renounces all false pride and concedes that God has been true to justice in allowing him the noblest sheik to be brought so low that he had to sit outside the city on the ash heap. The term recant in the Hebrew means to turn from a planned course of action and to take up new course. It implies the strongest resolve to change direction, not an attitude simply of remorse. 
It's affirmative action based on conviction. In recanting, Job surrenders to God the last vestige of his self-righteousness. He withdraws his avowal of innocence. From now on, he'll locate his self-worth in his relationship with Yahweh and not his own moral behavior or innocence. It's repentance. He's not simply saying, you got me, I was called, I'm sorry. But I get it. I'm wrong. And you're my only hope. It's a change of mind, determining to live God's way, not my way. It's confession, which means agreeing with God about my sin. It's forsaking my sin, making a clean break, turning back, not running back to my sin. And it's grieving before God about how I've dishonored him. Some of us here today have things in our life and and. That's the path we need to take to understand the gospel. We need to say, God, I I change my will. I agree with you. I've been out of step. So, God, I I turn from my wicked ways. I break from sin because I know my sin has grieved your heart. And Charles Spurgeon reminds us that the door of repentance opens into the hallway of joy. And you're going to see that as we get to the end of this book next week. That as Job finally gets it right with God, God restores his life. Understand this. You don't save or sanctify yourself. God doesn't force you. You point yourself in his direction and surrender. I love Oswald Chambers, and I love this quote from him. He says, to choose suffering makes no sense at all. But to choose God's will in the midst of our suffering makes all the sense in the world. Let me ask these four questions of you today. Would you just maybe ask these as you think about this time in God's presence? Have you recognized how small you are? Have you looked at God lately and realized how great he is, how he tires around you? Have you recognized how small you are? Secondly, have you shut your mouth before God? Could it be that today it's time to stop making excuses? It's time to stop putting him off. It's time to say, God, I'm going to get serious when. Or God, I'm going to stop doing this when. Have you acknowledged his sovereignty? Yielded control? Have you surrendered your all to him? You see, this is the gospel according to Job because that's what the New Testament teaches us is the way to God. We recognize that because of my sin, I am small in the presence of a holy God. I have no hope except to shut my mouth and realize there's nothing I can do or say to earn my way into his presence. I have to acknowledge that he is not only savior, he's the ruler. He's not only the one who gave me the way, he is the Lord of lords and the king of kings. And I must decide, do I surrender to him? That's the truth of the gospel. That's the power of God's grace. And when we understand that, it changes everything. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to do something that uh, I've never done before. As I was leading a memorial service for one of our dear ladies, 
that has gone on to heaven. I was given her journal, her diary. Now you want to breed fear into your life, just think about that for a moment. What if the pastor was given your diary upon your death? As I took this, I, I didn't know what it was going to say or really even what it was. Some people have a book like this and it just records their notes from Sunday or, or different things in their life. But no, as I looked, I realized for Miss Carolyn, this was a diary. Day after day, she talked about the people in her life. She talked about the blessings in her life. She talked about her church. And all I could see for these last three years of her life were how she was counting her blessings, literally naming them one by one. How time and time again she was counting her blessings of people and her friends, of God's word, of her church. And how she was proclaiming what God had done. And I thought about that as I thought about a 90-year-old life. And the difficulty that she had seen. How she had watched a husband of many, many years go on to heaven before her many years ago. How she had lived in these latter years with some pain and in these latter days with immense pain. And I, I thought, how do you get there? How do you get to a place where you've got nothing but good to say? And then it hit me. I think maybe Carolyn understood. (laughs) In the presence of a big, big God, she was pretty small. So though there may be things to complain about, sometime you might just need to shut your trap. (laughs) Because God is sovereign. And when you surrender to him, he takes care of everything. May that be so for you and me. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, You're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhillchurch.com. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhillchurch.com and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhillchurch.com. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk, a.m. 570 and 910. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect, sponsored by Mission Hill Church. This program was pre-recorded.
When was the last time the owner of a heating and A.C. company took time out to share helpful tips on keeping your A.C. trouble-free? Learn how to save money and time on costly repairs and maintenance fees during Keeping It Cool with Josh Cabrera, owner of ACS Home Services, Central Florida's heating and cooling experts. Visit acshomeservices.com and listen to Keeping It Cool Saturday mornings at 11 on Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910. What if I told you you could save a baby's life for just $28? Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people just like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant women and girls who might otherwise choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother who is abortion-minded the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. And a $15,000 gift will provide an ultrasound machine that will save lives for years to come. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a phone call or click away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or give online, preborn.org slash radio. As we go through the coronavirus pandemic, you may be feeling more and more unsettled. Where can you get a sense of order back in your life? Start with a free download of the new book, Coronavirus and Christ, from Family Life Today. Author John Piper writes, This is a time when the fragile form of this world is felt. The seeming solid foundations are shaking. The question we should be asking is, do we have a rock under our feet? A rock that cannot be shaken, ever. This book is my invitation for you to join me on the solid rock, Jesus Christ. Download Coronavirus in Christ by logging on to our station website and using the keyword download. You'll get answers to your questions and concerns, answers you can share with others. To download your free copy of John Piper's Coronavirus in Christ, go to letstalkfaith.com, keyword download. Hi, David Moss Jr. here. On behalf of our family and team at Moss Nissan, thank you to our healthcare professionals and first responders for the heroic efforts. To honor their commitment, doctors, nurses, and first responders will get 20% off of all service work, free valet service, along with complimentary cleaning and sanitizing of their vehicles with OmniShield. As Tampa Bay reopens for business, now is the best time to purchase a new or pre-owned vehicle from Moss Nissan. With incredible factory incentives, 0% financing available on new vehicles, and rock-bottom pricing on all pre-owned vehicles, you'll save like never before. And rest assured that when you visit any Moss Nissan location, proper precautions have been taken, including frequent sanitizing all high-touch surfaces, plus Moss Nissan provides OmniShield, an antimicrobial treatment as part of every Moss Care maintenance package. If you feel safer at home, you can shop, finance, and schedule delivery or service all at MossNissan.com. I'm David Moss Jr., and Moss Nissan is open for business.
The stock market is tanking. Unemployment will likely reach an all-time high. Experts are saying the worst is yet to come, but what we need now is a solution. We have Colin Plume, president of Noble Gold, for some advice. What can Americans do now to prepare for a financially secure future? It's time to invest in assets that are sure to maintain value through any economic disaster, such as gold, silver, and other precious metals. Holding shares in companies that might not be there next year doesn't make any sense to me. And the markets are made up of hundreds of companies just like this. Take a look at the Dow Jones from 25 years ago. There are less than a handful of companies that have survived the test of time, such as Kodak and Westinghouse. But the precious metals market is not only surviving, it's thriving. That's encouraging, Colin. But how do our listeners, especially ones without financial savvy, explore the best strategies for their specific needs? And do we even have gold left? I heard there's a shortage. We have helped thousands secure their investment and ready to help more. Just visit noblegoldinvestments.com. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. Take Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910 with you wherever you go. Using our mobile app, letstalkfaith.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and at radio.com. Faith Talk 570, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Online at letstalkfaith.com, a service of the Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany says President Trump expects to have a full-capacity GOP convention this summer, despite coronavirus fears. Of course, we always assess the facts on the ground at any time, but at this moment, the president wants to see this convention take place and sees no reason not to as the nation begins to reopen. Over the weekend, the president threatened to move the convention out of North Carolina if the governor cannot assure a large gathering will take place. SpaceX will be lifting off tomorrow in Florida. Correspondent Marcia Dunn reports the weather forecast has improved a bit for Wednesday's launch. The Air Force weathermen are currently putting out a 60% go on favorable conditions for liftoff tomorrow of the SpaceX rocket with two NASA astronauts. The SpaceX rocket will carry two NASA astronauts to the ISS. The Dow is ahead 508 points. The NASDAQ is up 11. This is SRN News. Bill Bunkley is taking some well-deserved time off today, so we're taking the opportunity to showcase our local ministry programs, including Faith Answers with Dr. Gary Roy, pastor of Colonial Oaks Baptist Church in Sarasota. The following program was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. The world is a confusing place. Bad people prosper as well as good. Bad things happen to good people. People of other faiths. Listen to Faith Talk weekday mornings at 8 for Alan Jackson, senior pastor of World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. See, if you're going to choose a God, I would submit you want to choose the most powerful. Don't just go along with the crowd. Don't plead ignorance. Look in Jeremiah 32. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. I'm the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Alan Jackson Ministries, weekday mornings at 8 on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. If you're like a lot of Floridians, you've not been spending a lot of time in your car. When you're called back to work or taking that nice family drive to get away from it all, take a good look at your windshield. If you notice any cracks or chips, I want you to call Auto Glass America. I use them on my windshield replacement, was so happy with the work. Remember, just because you drive an expensive import, you don't have to go to the dealer. And with Auto Glass America, you get a free windshield and cash back with comprehensive insurance that is the kind of deal we all need in this economy. Remember, 81396-GLASS. 81396-GLASS for Auto Glass America. Tell them Mike Gallagher sent you. Did you know the human body does not make its own vitamin C? Taking vitamin C is one of the best things you can do for your health, and aqua powders is the best way to get vitamin C. 
Aqua Powder's vitamin C is delicious when added to water and provides you with 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C to boost your immune system and increase your energy. Transform your water into wellness with Aqua Powder's vitamin C, available at Amazon. That's Aqua Powder's with a Z, available at Amazon. What if I told you you could save a baby's life for just $28? What's true? Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people just like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant women and girls who might otherwise choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Call 833-850-BABY or give online preborn.org slash radio. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. Genesis 950 with water breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can even be used in a carpet cleaning machine. And it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Before you purchase new carpets, you must try Genesis 950. It's made in America. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's a disinfectant that kills viruses. It can be used on surfaces and floors by mixing one-third Genesis 950 with two-thirds water. Apply to surface and clean with fresh water. It's great for floors, bathrooms, kitchens, garages, grease stains, wheels, tires, degreasing engines, and upholstery. It's available on Amazon. However, if you order a gallon direct at Genesis950.com, you'll receive a free spray bottle and discount using code SALEM. That's Genesis950.com. Genesis950.com. Code SALEM. Take Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910 with you wherever you go. Using our mobile app, letstalkfaith.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and at radio.com. Faith Talk 570, WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com, a service of the Salem Media Group. Bill Bunkley is taking some well-deserved time off today. So we're taking the opportunity to showcase our local ministry programs, including Faith Answers with Dr. Gary Roy, pastor of Colonial Oaks Baptist Church in Sarasota. The following program was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome back to Faith Answers with Pastor Gary Roy on Faith Talk 570 and 910, online at letstalkfaith.com. Here's your host, Pastor Gary Roy. Welcome back to Faith Answers, dear friends. We're in our second half here today, and we're talking about Memorial Day. We're talking about the heroes that are out there and remembering our heroes. Well, I came across something I want to begin our second half with. It's about Charles Dickens, uh, his writing of The Tale of Two Cities. Now, there has never been found a better illustration of sacrificial love than that in Charles Dickens' Tale of Two Cities. Now, I'm going to quote this. Uh, This was written by someone uh, anonymously, but they talk about this in the sense of the two characters, Sidney Carton and Charles Darney. Now, the young Frenchman has been condemned to die by the guillotine. Charles Darney is the man's name, and Sidney Carton is a dissipated English lawyer who was, uh, has wasted great gifts and quenched high possibilities in riotous living. When he learns the plight of his friend, these two were dear friends, he determines to save him by laying down his own life, not for the love, 
for he has for the man, but for the sake of the man's wife and child. To that end, Carton gains admission to the dungeon the night before the execution of Charles Darney. He changes garments with a condemned man and the next day is led out and put to death as Charles Darney. Before he went to the dungeon, we find Carton here entering the courtyard and he remained there for a few minutes alone, looking up at the light in the window of the daughter's room. He was led by the light of love, but it led straight to a dungeon and thence to the guillotine. As we see him ascending the steps to the place of death, his hands bound behind his back, taking his last look at the world, these words of our Savior come to mind. Greater love hath no man than this, than um, that a man lay down his life for his friends. What a great story of the uh, Charles Dickens tale of the two cities. And these two men, the man that came to change places, if you please, with the condemned man and to give his life so that that man could go free and be with his wife and his daughter. Wow, what a story. And you know what? That's what the person who has given their life for our freedom here today as we remember Memorial Day, the many men and women who laid their lives down on battlefields so that we could have the freedom we have today to be with our families alive and living with them. Oh, this is a story of love. This is a story of compassion. It's the story of Moses giving up the, free, the, the pleasures of sin for, uh, for the, the freedom of his people. And as I look at that story, Lindy, I'm reminded about the great hall of faith we find in Hebrews chapter 11. By the way, it goes on to talk about many others in that great hall of faith. And I think about the, the faith of Moses and not only that, but the faith of Joshua and many others that are mentioned during that text. And boy, we find that in the lives of people today who have given their lives a sacrifice. And to that, I am grateful. Oh, Pastor, I join you there. I sure am, too. And I know every patriotic American feels the same way. Um, and I'm so glad that we get this one day a year to truly stop and yes. think about that and give honor in our hearts and our words and our minds to these uh, lost heroes. Amen. Um, because literally it was their sacrifice that kept the English language on our shores English. Amen. I mean, Amen. That thought is sobering to me. Wow, it is. Japanese or German. Nope. <laughs> English. Well, um, and that, that was pretty serious time. Uh, well, I'm thinking of World War II, of course. And I, maybe I'm thinking about that because um, my father was a, a Navy doctor. And um, he was he was there for the price of freedom. He was there. The many people died. Yes. My dad did not. He survived, but he was wounded. And he received the Purple Heart. Yes. Um, now I wish I had asked him more about his, you know, his time in the Navy. But nonetheless, he was a hero like so many others that put themselves in harm's way. That's and, true. Yeah, That's true. It's, you know, Lindy, and, and we, we talk a lot here, I know, in the first half about uh, the things concerning Moses and so on. We, When we look back on history and the lives of the people of Israel, uh, many gave their life. Yes. Uh, many oh, laid their lives yes. down and sacrifice uh, so that the nation could continue. 
And then, of course, it leads us to the place of our faith. You know, it was Jesus Christ who gave me, liberated me uh, to give me freedom from sin and death and hell. Uh, and, and so there's a correlation here in the physical part of it and the spiritual. Oh, amen. And that's exactly what I, I was listening to you during the first part of this broadcast. And that, I just that kept ringing in my mind over and over because that's exactly the analogy here. Um, I love Moses, and I love these passages that it was by faith. Well, what does that mean? He knew and trusted God Almighty, and he even knew a Savior was coming, a Messiah. He knew all about it. And his faith in that was why and how he was able to refuse the world, which was, you know, Egypt and all the the stuff, uh, you know, that the world has to offer. Right, right. In order to suffer with the people of God, to to be with God, to be His, because we Christians do suffer. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody suffers in this life. Yeah. But sometimes the cause of that suffering is different. Uh, sometimes it's self-imposed, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's just a natural disaster. And sometimes it's it's because a choice was made to follow that which you know is true. Right. Right. You know, what's interesting here, and, and I looked up some of the translation of this um, when it says the pleasures of sin for a season. Yes. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to do with uh, ungodly acts. Right. What he gave up was success. He gave up uh, prestige. He gave, gave up his position. And that's what that whole text relates to because it follows through with that rather than enjoy the treasure, the, you know, the riches of Egypt. Right. Uh, he suffered with his people. And he loved his people. Yes. It's like when a Christian meets another Christian, it's an instantaneously love, instantaneous love. That's right. And Jesus even said, they will know you are Christians. How? By your love, one for the other. That's it. And G- Moses, now that he became, a, now he, he is a believer and he could see the difference. And these are his people. He had to go to them. He yes. didn't have to, but he was faithful and uh, toward the Lord. It's a beautiful story. Oh, it's a beautiful and, story of a, a sacrificial, yes. unconditional love. Yes. And and that's that's the life of the believer. That's right. You know, we look out for others. That's right. First. Yeah. yeah. And and Christians absolutely make sacrifices and leaving the world's agenda, like you said, Pastor, not everything's, you know, bad. A lot of fun good stuff and we can do all that. But sometimes following Christ means walking away from some or a lot of that right certainly not the the things that go against god we wouldn't even think of that but we might be tempted but we don't go that way but uh we are called to him and maybe we are giving up um i say we because you know we're all mm-hmm. in this together uh true christians this is yes. true christians yes. not just people that call themselves christians but yes. you know um and and listener if you have questions about that please email pastor gary at Pastor Gary C O B C at Comcast dot net. All right. Um, anyway, uh, and, and so, uh, Christians make these sacrifices away from what everybody else gets to do because they're serving the Lord according to His will, which includes His timing, and which is foolishness to those who are perishing. Right. They don't get it, and sometimes they laugh at us or whatever. But um, the Christian has given their life to the Lord. They no longer live, but Christ lives in them. 
Oh, how true. And, you know, that's where real success is. That's yes. where the wealth is yes. spiritually. Uh, I, th- I I cringe sometimes at the world because everybody says, well, success isn't how much you have <laughs> materials, materialistically. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Success is having peace of mind. It's having the, the, the love, the joy, the peace that God brings into your life. Yes. That's true success. It, it It is, Pastor. Let me just throw this in there. To you and I and, and every true believer, what you just said is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And it's biblical. But to everyone, that's not the truth. Right. To everyone that's that's serving uh, the enemy, which they don't even know they are, most of them, but they are. If they're not with God, then right. they are against right. him. Right. All right. So if they haven't made the decision to, to find peace with God, then they are. Okay. Um, but I just lost my train of thought. Come back. Come back. Um Anyway, it went well. Think I'm of, sorry. Well, think of it this way, and I I always um, measure this out with the world versus uh, the things of God. Now yeah. we know that God supplies our needs according yes. to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The world looks to, for instance, uh, the government's going to take care of my right. needs. Let's think of the two ideologies that. Uh, people are up uh, making a choice about these yeah. days. The ideology of socialism, uh, whereas the government takes care of everything you've got, or mm-hmm. the ideology of patriotism and, you know, the free enterprise thing. If you look at the two things here in light of what the world is saying right now, as I read to you just a little while ago in the first half, you know, that uh, listen to William Arthur Ward when he said, like millions of Americans, I want a free choice. I don't want a free handout. Right. I prefer an opportunity to prove my abilities on the job rather than a license to demonstrate my frustrations mm. in the street. Mm. And so I'm an old-fashioned American with a newfound determination to do my part and make freedom work. Amen. And Patrick. so oh, uh, in that freedom work, mm. I have the freedom to worship the Lord my God. I don't have a government standing over me saying, you can't worship today. Yeah. You can't do this. You can't do that. Well, they're trying. Well, they're trying. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah. God prevails. And yes. this is where we keep our trust in him. And we'll stand up for that. As a matter of fact, this is what Moses did. Yes. He he went against the edict of, of Egypt. That's right. He wasn't and, fearing the wrath of the king. Right. I Bottom love off. that. That was verse 1127. Yes. I love that. Yes. So, who are we following? Who's our master? Our master is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And he sacrificed himself to set us free. That's right. From the law of sin and death. That's right. And Patrick Henry said, give me liberty, freedom, or give me death. Exactly. (laughs) Don't tread on me. (laughs) Don't tread on me. Oh, my. Uh, Listen, folks, you know, Memorial Day is a time to uh, just be thankful for the sacrifices of people, yes. the ultimate sacrifice, death on the battlefield, and the men and women who have done that for us uh, to be able to enjoy a time such as this where we share the Word of God. Yes, uh, we are going through a lot in this country and in this world with uh, the recent pandemic. Uh, I know this has brought a lot of people uh, to kind of take an inventory in their life. And the greatest inventory you need to take is where is your faith? Are you truly a born-again child of God? Well, today you're going to hear from one of our timeless preachers, which is Charles Haddon Spurgeon, and his his segment today has to deal with uh, eternity 
and it has to deal with whether you're going to be in heaven or hell. And so uh, I want to turn this time over to my co-host, Lindy, and um, she's going to share with you a great, great message from Charles Haddon Spurgeon today. Lindy? Oh, thank you, Pastor. Okay, well, yes, future punishment, a fearful thing. A sermon by C.H. Spurgeon, and this is part four. We've, this is our fourth week in this particular sermon. And Mr. Spurgeon bases this entire sermon on one verse, which is Hebrews chapter 1031. And it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Now, last week, we ended our reading with the words of the Savior in uh, the Gospel of Matthew. And Mr. Spurgeon stated that no inspired preacher of whom we have any record ever uttered such terrible words concerning the destiny of the lost as our Lord Jesus Christ. Whew. Let's review Matthew thirteen forty nine. All right. So shall it be at the end of the world, the angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Well, okay, let's let's move on and hear what else the Prince of Preachers has to say about this. Okay, he goes on and says, <clears throat> excuse me, in the same gospel, in the twenty-second chapter, you will find words equally suggestive in the thirteenth verse. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot. And take him away and cast him into the outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so again, he says of the unprofitable servant in the 25th chapter of Matthew, which chapter also records the dreadful words, which it is well for us to read as we find them at the 41st verse. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And as if this were not enough, Jesus closes his discourse with these words at the end of the chapter. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Who was it that uttered that fearful sentence written in the ninth of Mark at the 43rd verse? Let it duly affect you as you read it. If thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands and going to hell, into the fire which shall never be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Did Jesus say that once? Read the 46th verse. Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched, did he say it only twice? Look at the 48th verse. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Three times over in one discourse. Do not complain if the preacher you think him harsh. Oh, beloved, he does not wish to be harsh, but to preach with tears in his eyes those dreadful things. But look at my master, the Lord Jesus Christ. Did he preach smooth things on this matter? We heard the other day that the unquenchable fire and the undying worm were medieval ideas to be scouted in these enlightened times. A courtly preacher insinuated as much and, and more, but a greater than he. 
who wore no soft raiment and dwelt in no king's palaces, uses such expressions unmodified and undiluted. Diluted. I pray you not laugh at them and not scoff at them, for the lips that spoke them were the lips of him who loved the souls of men even unto death, the lips of him who shall come a second time to judge the quick and the dead. My terrible list is very far from being exhausted. Look at the 20th chapter of Luke and the 18th verse and the 18th chapter of Matthew and the 8th and 9th verses. But still more memorable is that parable of Lazarus and the rich man. The punishment of dives is not described in terms of gentleness. He cries, Father Abraham, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Abraham gives him no hope of escape from his misery, for the answer to the inquiry is, and besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Oh, mournful picture! But Jesus drew it. He it was who told us of a certain sinner, it were better for that man that he had never been born, and of others, that it were better for them that a milestone were hanged, a millstone were hanged about their necks, and that they were cast into the depths of the sea. He it is who describes sinners as being miserably destroyed, and in another place uses this fearful sentence, which I confess, although it is figurative, makes me shiver as I utter it. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Luke eleven twelve forty six. Do not talk about grim medieval expressions after this. This is the master himself, and these are his own words. And I dare to say it, that all the glowing pictures ever painted, designed to compel souls to escape from hell, never reached the dread reality which is implied in the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that perceiving these terrors to have come from the lips of Jesus, who is all love and kindness and benevolence, you will understand that it is the highest benevolence to warn men of their danger and to exhort them to escape from the wrath which will surely come upon them. For it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. End quote. Yes, my friend, it is indeed a fearful thing. The destiny of the lost is dreadful. It is the deadliest, gravest, and most urgent matter of one's life. If you have not yet made your peace with God, I hope that today's message triggered you to, to take a sober assessment of your true condition before Almighty God. Pastor Gary, I believe we have a dear listener today who, for the very first time, understands that they are teetering on the brink of hell. Won't you please help this lost soul find their way? Oh, amen, Lindy. And if we could ever be so clear here about why Jesus died on the cross for you, for me. 
friend, it was because we are sinners condemned. We are headed to hell without salvation. We have no hope without Christ. But God commends his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see his love? It's in the cross. It's at Calvary. It's to save us from the judgment and the wrath to come. That's why Jesus died. That's why we declare him as Lord and Savior, because he died in our place. Jesus went through all of what he went through to take that punishment away from us. He was like the friend of Charles Dickens' tale that went in the place of his dear friend. He died in his place. Jesus died in our place. Have you proclaimed him as your Savior today? The Bible says if we'll confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Only Jesus can take your sin away. Only Jesus can take the judgment of wrath away from your life. Why don't you trust him right now? That's how much he loves you. He wants to remove that. Would you pray today to receive Christ into your life, to accept his gift into your life, to proclaim him as your Savior? Oh, pray this prayer, dear friend, and and mean business with God. Father in heaven, I know that I'm a sinner, and I know I'm condemned. I know that, God, without you, I will spend eternity in hell. But thanks be to God today, I thank you, Lord, for loving me, to go to the cross, to die in my place. And I accept that wonderful love and gift in my life humbly and proclaim you as my Savior today. Lord Jesus, thank you for being my Savior. Oh, friend, if you prayed that prayer today, I want to hear from you. You can email me at PastorGaryCobc at Comcast.net. And, old friend, if you're a believer in Christ, rejoice in the Lord for the freedom you have for being liberated from sin and judgment. And if you have a prayer request, email me, PastorGaryCobc at Comcast.net. Oh, what a joyful day this is. What a time to remember and reflect upon the freedoms we have. And, dear friend, that's all we have time for right now. And we want you to think about tuning in next week, as we wish you would. And on behalf of Lindy Rosenbaum and myself, we want to wish you a very blessed and a very wonderful day. You've been listening to Faith Answers with Pastor Gary Roy. Faith Answers is a listener-supported program. Your generous gifts are needed to help meet the goals of providing solid Bible-based teaching that will strengthen the walk of those already following Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit, draw others into a saving relationship with Him. You can help support the Faith Answers Radio Ministry by visiting mycobc.com. That's mycobc.com. Or mailing your gift to Faith Answers CO Colonial Oaks Baptist Church, 6901 B Ridge Road, Sarasota, Florida, 34241. You can call Pastor Gary Roy at 941-377-2737. Your support is a true blessing to Pastor Gary Roy and the Faith Answers Radio Ministry. Weekdays at 1 p.m. Don't miss Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins. I'm not lying. My conscience testifies with me, enlightened and prompted by my spirit. So the connection is Simon Peter received it through his conscience working with the Holy Spirit. 
Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins. Weekdays at 1 on Faith Talk 570, 910, and online at letstalkfaith.com. If you're like a lot of Floridians, you've not been spending a lot of time in your car. When you're called back to work or taking that nice family drive to get away from it all, take a good look at your windshield. If you notice any cracks or chips, I want you to call Auto Glass America. I use them on my windshield replacement. Was so happy with the work. Remember, just because you drive an expensive import, you don't have to go to the dealer. And with Auto Glass America, you get a free windshield and cash back with comprehensive insurance that is the kind of deal we all need in this economy. Remember, 813-96-GLASS. 813-96-GLASS for Auto Glass America. Tell them Mike Gallagher sent you. Bill Carl here. You know, I've always felt good about recommending Moss Nissan for a great customer experience. And now as a blessing to our frontline healthcare workers, Moss Nissan is offering doctors, nurses, and first responders 20% off all service work, free valet service, and complimentary cleaning and sanitizing of their vehicles with OmniShield. And if you're like me, careful with your budget. This is the best time to purchase a new or pre-owned vehicle from Moss Nissan. With incredible factory incentives, 0% interest financing on all new vehicles, and really rock-bottom pricing on pre-owned, you really will save like never before. Plus, Moss Nissan provides OmniShield antimicrobial treatment included with Moss Care for the life of your vehicle. And when you visit any Moss location, you can be assured that proper measures have been taken to keep your family safe and healthy. If you feel more comfortable at home, you can do all of it. Shop, finance, schedule delivery and service at MossNissan.com. Moss Nissan never loses a deal over price, and they've never lost sight of what's important. MossNissan.com. You know, spring cleaning doesn't just mean the deep clean you do around the house once a year. You may want to do some tidying up for your business's digital marketing, and Salem Surround can help. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more by logging on to surroundtampa.com. Surroundtampa.com, connecting you with new customers. What if I told you you could save a baby's life for just $28? What's true? Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people just like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant women and girls who might otherwise choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother who is abortion-minded the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. And a $15,000 gift will provide an ultrasound machine that will save lives for years to come. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a phone call or click away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or give online, preborn.org slash radio. You don't allow just anyone into your home, and Cornerstone Pros doesn't let just anyone join their team. Cornerstone Pros technicians are the best of the best, background checked, drug tested, and professionally trained to certify skills and dependability. Servicing air conditioners, plumbing, electrical, and generators, call 813-291-0522. For service like it ought to be, fair, fast, and friendly, call Cornerstone Pros. Did you know the human body does not make its own vitamin C? That's right. That's why it's critical to supplement your diet with a good source of vitamin C every single day. Aquapowder's vitamin C is a safe, effective, and delicious way to get the powerful vitamin C your body needs. 
and it's easy. Just mix with water and drink. Feel more energy, boost your immune system, and fight free radical damage. The secret is that Aqua Powder's Vitamin C combines nature's most potent forms of vitamin C, including Acerola Cherry, to deliver 2,000 milligrams per serving. That's real protection. And Aqua Powder's Vitamin C is available on Amazon. That's spelled A-Q-U-A-P-O-W-D-E-R-Z. Vitamin C is one of the best things you can do for your health, and Aqua Powders is one of the best ways to get vitamin C. So go to Amazon now and get your Aqua Powders Vitamin C today. And remember, Aqua Powders transforms water into wellness. Take Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910 with you wherever you go. Using our mobile app, letstalkfaith.com, Alexa, tune in, iHeart, and at radio.com. Faith Talk 570, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Online at letstalkfaith.com, a service of the Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany says President Trump expects to have a full-capacity GOP convention this summer, despite coronavirus fears. Of course, we always assess the facts on the ground at any time, but at this moment, the president wants to see this convention take place and sees no reason not to as the nation begins to reopen. Over the weekend, the president threatened to move the convention out of North Carolina if the governor cannot assure a large gathering will take place. SpaceX will be lifting off tomorrow in Florida. Correspondent Marcia Dunn reports the weather forecast has improved a bit for Wednesday's launch. The Air Force weathermen are currently putting out a 60% go on favorable conditions for liftoff tomorrow of the SpaceX rocket with two NASA astronauts. The SpaceX rocket will carry two NASA astronauts to the ISS. The Dow is ahead 508 points. The NASDAQ is up 11. This is SRN News. Bill Bunkley is taking some well-deserved time off today, so we're taking the opportunity to showcase some of our local ministry programs, including Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins, lead pastor of Love First Christian Center in Riverview. Up next is Fresh Wind Radio, sponsored by Love First Christian Center. It's time for Dr. Jomo Cousins on Fresh Wind Radio. Because see, if I give you money, I can't teach you faith. And if I give you money, I may be disobedient to God. Because maybe you're in that spot because you don't listen. And maybe God has to keep you there until your ears are open to talk to him. We hope you're excited to hear God's word today on Fresh Wind Radio. We've got some incredible opportunities lined up for you later on in the broadcast to support this radio ministry. But for now, let's get straight to the word with Dr. Jomo Cousin. God is doing something new. I feel it Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, this word is going to change your life. Come on, neighbor, this word is going to change your life. Neighbor, this word is going to change your life. I want you to expect it. Today, I'll endeavor to part four of my series, The Law of the Harvest. The Law of the Harvest. Today's message is entitled, How Big Is Your Bucket? How Big Is Your Bucket? Today we are teaching 
about the widow and the oil. But before I jump into that, I want to give you my harvest facts. Before we jump in, first off, uh, before I get there, I forgot to say that I want to thank all of you who helped us uh, in reference to Roswell Friends' funeral on yesterday. Thank you, thank you, thank you in every ministry that manifested it. Thank you. The family was well pleased, and I thank you for serving. All right. Number one, it takes time from Genesis 8.22. Genesis 8.22. It says, while the earth remains, there'll be seed, time, and harvest. Oftentimes, we want manifestation of the harvest without time. My son has started basketball this year. So this is his first year playing basketball, and he doesn't have it all together. Uh, yesterday, uh, he, uh, the, my father-in-law came home and said, Josiah did great. One of our members said, I saw Josiah yesterday. Boy, he has a lot of energy. Notice she, said, she didn't say he scored. He didn't dribble. She says he has a lot of what? Yes. She says, uh, whoever he is guarding, they don't get the ball. But on offense, he's still guarding them. I said, well, I told him, your man does not touch the ball. Let's get that figured out. Then we worry about offense later. But as for now, just make sure your man don't score. And they said, everywhere the man went, Josiah was like this. So the referee called a foul and told him, you can't do this, Josiah. Josiah had him hemmed up. She says, but one thing you can't teach, effort. And I said, well, maybe 10 years from now, it may be harvest time. But right now, he's just a seed. Oftentimes, we get frustrated because we don't see the what? Sometimes in relationships, you get frustrated because you don't see the what? Everyone say seed, time, and harvest. We want seed harvest. We, 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 we want them to be mature now. We want our husband to be perfect now. We want our wife to be perfect when? No, it don't work that way. There's not a husband class. There's not a wife class. You look good. I look good. Let's do it. And then when you get together, it's like, oh, this is a hot mess. Am I telling the truth? You just thought we just going to be good together. No. Time. Look at your name and say, time. Number two, number two, you reap what you sow. Second Corinthians 9, 6 is, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over. Everyone to say leftovers. Plenty left over to share with others. That's going to be, I want you to remember that at the end of our service. Plenty left over to share with others. And number three, God plays no favorites. Acts 10 says this. Peter fairly exploded with his good news. It's all, it's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It, takes, it makes no difference who you are or where you come from. If you want God and are ready to do what he says, the door is open. 
That was your appetizer. Now it's time for the main course. Second Kings chapter 4. Second Kings chapter 4. Now, one of the wives of a man who, uh, of the sons of the prophets, cried out to Elijah for help, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant reverently feared the Lord, but the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves in payment for the loan. In these times in the Bible, if you had a loan you could not pay, you had an option to work it off, get loan one to your child, one of your childs to work it off. But the gist of it is you had to pay the debt. Now, it was not honorable to just go take a child. It should be a conversation to how we can work it out. But the one thing I like about this in verse 1 is she knew who to go to. She went to the man of God and says, uh, this is my situation. Also, she says, you know my, my, my husband was faithful. Now she's pulling on the account of his faithfulness. Also, this shows me that you could be saved and broke. In debt. This also says for today's world, you need life insurance. Pastor, what that got to do with church? I bury people all the time. You need life insurance. Look at your name and say, do you have life insurance? Now, Pastor, what does life insurance have to do with God? The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. That is the word. Now, Pastor, I don't have the money for insurance. Well, when I was about 28-ish, my wife and I got insurance. It was $500,000. Her policy was $20 a month. Mine was thirty. dollars $50 a month. We're covered. That's $500,000. Okay, Pastor, I don't want to do $500,000. Do $50,000. Just give them some money to pay their bills when you're gone. Look at your neighbor and say, think about it. Now, that's my public service announcement. I'm not selling any insurance in church. I just want you to be, because see, when I do funerals and everybody's broke and nobody has no plan and they can't figure out how to pay for it, anybody been to a broke funeral and everybody saying, woe is me, that's the devil. Mm-mm. When I go, my kids are going to say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I want, my, I want them to be shouting. But your daddy's gone. I know he's gone. He in heaven. And heaven don't came on earth. <laughs> no, no. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children. That's the word of God. Verse 2. Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have of value in your house? Stop right there. This is a public service announcement again. She had a financial problem and he didn't give her money. Let me go on this side. She had a financial problem, but he did not give her what? I'm going to go on this side. Make sure you hear this clearly. She had a financial problem. He did not give her what? Because money's not the answer. Raise your hand if you lent somebody some money. 
Raise your hand if you haven't got your money back yet. Look at more hands went up. And raise your hand if you lent money and they didn't pay you back. Do the heathen still come back again for another loan? Raise your hand. Look around, church. Look around. Look around. You see everybody's hands up. Maybe money is not the what? Oh, I'm saving somebody some money right now. Somebody asked you for some money last week. You've been listening to Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins, Senior Pastor of Love First Christian Center in Riverview, Florida. Hello, family. I'm so excited to come today and discuss all the amazing things that God is growing. My latest book, Prayer Life, The Conversation, has officially launched, and I can't wait for you to get it in your hands. In this book, I share my journey on the power of prayer. I talk about how I became known as the prayer guy. I speak on the 18 reasons for unanswered prayer, 10 conditions for answered prayer, 5 benefits of daily prayer, Hannah's 5 keys to her prayer success, Hezekiah's 7-step prayer model, and the 7 ways to pray to get answers. Throughout this book, I even do a daily journal to where you can log your conversation with God. Get this book in your hands. You can get it from Amazon.com or JomoCousins.com. Again, JomoCousins.com. Get your book today. Give someone the gift of prayer. God bless you. It's Pastor Jomo. Hey, did you know you can join Dr. Jomo Cousins each weekday morning for 20 minutes of prayer to start your day? That's right. Monday through Friday at 6.30 a.m. Eastern, Dr. Jomo hosts a prayer conference call. It's a great way to begin your day in communication with the Father. The number to call in is 712-432-0075. Again, the number is 712-432-0075. You simply enter the access code 101-804. Again, the access code is 101-804. For more information or to leave a prayer request for Dr. Jomo to pray over, please visit our website at freshwindradio.com. And now, let's get back to the Word. Because when you give people money, what you're doing is you're giving them a get-out-of-jail-free card. Well, your choices got you to where you are. And often, because see, it happened to me. I'm in the NFL, okay? I get cut. My money is funny. My change is strange. One of my good friends, his signing bonus was $10.2 million. That means you get it whether you play or not. My signing bonus was 21000 and they did it in two payments. <laughs> How you get him $10 million one check and you break mine down a payment plan? It's all good. It's all good. You know that hater spirit, just hating. So, <laughs> I get cut. I'm around millionaires. Not one person offered me nothing. So I was a little bitter. Can we be honest? Can, you, can we be honest that you count people money sometimes? Can we be honest? Like, you know they could have helped me. Come on. Has anybody been here? You, you, you know they could have they at least. 
That's the truth. You're like, man, you know. So years later, I'm sitting with a dude. He says, Jomo, I know when you got cut, you're probably thinking, why did I help you? I said, yeah, sure enough, did. I sure enough, and so popped through my brain. <laughs> he said, well, God told me he got you. And it was just something he was taking you through. Before you lend money, ask God. Because it may just be something God is what? Taking him through. And you are getting in the way. You don't want to get in the way if God is dealing with somebody. Take your hands off and say, Lord, do what you're going to do. And notice, again, I'm just telling you, because I'm a professional lender of money. People come to me for money all the time. You know pastor got money. That's what they pay. You know So I have lost tons of money giving out loans to saints. Any saint know what I'm talking about. When you're a saint, do they come for you? Raise your hand. If you say you love Jesus, they come for you. They come for you. And I say, you know what? God, they got to be a better way. And I went to the Bible. And the Bible says, don't give loans unless they give you security. Now, look what he said. First thing he says, what do you have? Don't talk about my money and my stuff. What do I'm telling you, this will save y'all some money in your life. What do you? And they say, okay, well, I ain't got nothing. Well, you got a title for your car. You want my title? You want my money? She said, your maidservant has nothing except a small jar of olive oil. The reason why olive oil was so valuable was it had so many purposes. You could use it for salad dressing. You could moisturize your hair. You could use it for lotion. You could use it for heating oil. It had so many value, so much value. You use it for anointing. So it was very valuable. Verse 3 says this. Look at this, y'all. Uh-uh. Then he said, go borrow containers from all your neighbors. Empty containers and not just a few. Everyone say all your neighbors. Now, first rule, you don't want your neighbor knowing your business. Do I got a witness? I mean, you too close. If I, you know, you need a cup of sugar, you ain't going to go ask for nothing. Because you don't want your neighbor to feel like you asking them for what? Nothing. I got this. I'm good. So that means to ask your neighbors means you have to get rid of your pride. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know who he's talking about, but he may be talking about somebody near me. I don't know who he's talking about, but... He might be talking to somebody near to me. So guess what? If, if you're going to borrow from people, you have to get rid of pride. Then you got to deal with people how they think, what you want it for, what you need. Don't you hate when you ask somebody for something? They got 15 questions like they're the bank. How long? When? Why? Who? What? Forget it. But he says, look, I want you to go to your neighbors and ask your neighbor. For as many containers as you can find. Huh? Go borrow. So I thought about this. I said, you know what? Okay, praise God. I got me some oil right here. Uh-huh. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. 
Jesus. Ah, thank you. So he said, get your oil and get all the containers you can. Okay, I got me. Okay, well, that's, praise the Lord, that's one container. Oh, Jesus, that's, that's going to work right there. Praise. Y'all know I got this out of my house, winter clothing, but it's a container. That can hold some oil. Got some stains on it, but we're going to make it do what it does. Praise the Lord. Said, bring all the containers that you can. Praise God. You know, Pastor Crazy got me some gas. Hallelujah. Got me some more containers. I'm going to get all those all I can get. I'll be the glory. The Bible says, get all the containers you can. Shut the door. And then once you shut the door, start pouring what you have. I believe it's verse 4. It says, pour out what you have. You know what I've learned in the body of Christ? We want God to move, but we're not going to pour out what we got. Look what it says. Then you shall go in and shut the door behind you, you and your sons, and pour out the oil. What? So what happens, you expect God to do something, but you ain't doing nothing. You're not. See, see, how can God move until you first pour yourself out? How can God stretch you if first you don't pour yourself out? How can God enlarge you if first he says, look, before I do anything, I want to see you pour yourself out. At the end of you is the beginning of him. The breakthrough didn't happen until she first poured herself out. And some of us, we have one foot in church and the other foot out church. And you're asking why God is not moving because you haven't fully poured yourself out. Until you pour yourself out and say, Lord, use me. I I, I don't want to shuck and jive. I want to pour. Into these containers, and you shall set aside each of his full. Verse 5. So she left him and shut the door behind her and began pouring. Verse 6 says that when she looked back, she says, Where's the next container? They said, There is no more. They gathered containers based on the faith they had. Question. What have you gathered for God to fill up? See, because if you thought you had a small God, you might have came with this. Some this. But they gathered based on their faith that he, faith that he could fulfill it. Oh, God help me. So you have to understand. Have you made God, have you made room for God to fill you? Because he filled at the level that they fulfilled. As much as they brought is what he filled up. And the challenge is some of us don't bring God nothing to fill up. The bank, the bank called, uh, uh, the bank was charging me fees for excess cash deposit. Some heathen, excess cash. You depositing too much cash. Now you're going to give me a fee for depositing money. The devil is a liar. I called the bank up. I said, look, you heathen. I ain't going to give you my money. You charge me for give, me giving you my money. You charge me for me giving you my money. And you say, I'm giving you too much money. You're going to charge me for me giving you too much money? That, I said, look, this ain't going to work. I said, I'm, look, 
I'm about to call SunTrust. Don't let me do it. I, I'll call SunTrust in a minute. I know you Bank of America, but SunTrust good too. To God, Both of y'all giving me zero interest. It don't really make a difference. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, uh. What, what we'll do is we'll get you another account. It will give you more room. And the Holy Spirit jumped on me. He says, guess what? The reason why some of you are not getting more stuff is you haven't made more room. See, see, why would God give you more if you're already full? Some of you need to go out this week and open up another bank account and say, God, I'm ready for you to fill me up. I'm asking for more because see, God will fill you on the level you give him room. Guess what? Have you given God room to fill something? Because some of us are so stuck at where we are. Lord, give me more. I need more, Father God, that I can do more for you. Guess what? Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. My, my, wife, my wife came in today. She said, Jomo so crazy. Why are you in the baptismal pool? I said, babe, I came to church today. I said, God, what's the biggest bucket in the room? And God said, the baptismal pool. I said, to God be the glory. See, some will say, Pastor, that's radical. That's crazy. No, this is just the biggest hole in the room. And I want God to fill up. See, sometimes you got to think bigger than what you are. Sometimes you have to say, Lord, I want the biggest thing that you can fill up. Because God will fill you on the level you give him. You need a double promotion. You better ask God for double. I don't care what your paycheck is. Lord, I need more. Why? Because there's more work for me to do. If you don't put a limit on God. My wife said, you, you preaching out of baptismal pool. You have to be mindful not to allow what seems crazy to stop you from being obedient. Just because it doesn't make sense doesn't mean it's not God. Because, see, the goal is to expand your territory. The goal is for you to have more that you can do more for others. (laughs) You've been listening to Fresh Wind with Dr. Jomo Cousins, Senior Pastor of Love First Christian Center in Tampa, Florida. If you've been blessed by the word today, you can pick up a copy of today's message or any of our other great teaching series by simply visiting our website at freshwindradio.com. All of us at Fresh Wind want to thank you for listening and for your continued support to this radio ministry. If you'd like to support Fresh Wind Radio, you can do so by visiting our website at freshwindradio.com and simply clicking the Donate tab. Thanks again for supporting. We'll see you next time on Fresh Wind Radio. You've been listening to Fresh Wind Radio, sponsored by Love First Christian Center. This program was pre-recorded. In this coronavirus pandemic, you may be feeling unsettled. Where can you get a sense of order back? Start with a free download of the new book, Coronavirus and Christ, from Family Life Today. Author John Piper writes, My aim is to show why God in Christ is the rock in this pandemic of the coronavirus and what it is like to stand on his mighty love. To download your free copy, go to letstalkfaith.com, keyword download.
I'm Barb Yoder, General Manager of Faith Talk Tampa. We know that everyone is going through extremely difficult challenges right now, and we strive to continue to keep you informed throughout every step of this unprecedented event. Part of that information are messages by the great many local and national businesses that are continuing to provide goods and services despite these challenging times. If you're a fan of Faith Talk Tampa, we ask you to support those hardworking businesses that you hear. There is no more direct way to show your support for our conservative Christian message than to buy from our advertisers, keeping them in business and strong for the future. And when you do, let them know that you appreciate their being on Faith Talk Tampa, and that's how you heard about them. We're all in this together, and on behalf of all of us at Salem Media, Tampa, and Sarasota, thank you for listening and supporting our hardworking businesses. Connect with us at letstalkfaith.com. It's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. What if I told you you could save a baby's life for just $28? What's true? Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people just like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant women and girls who might otherwise choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who conceive their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Call 833-850-BABY or give online preborn.org slash radio. Take Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910 with you wherever you go using our mobile app, letstalkfaith.com, Alexa, tune in, iHeart, and at radio.com. Faith Talk 570, WTBN, online at letstalkfaith.com, a service of the Salem Media Group. Bill Bunkley's taking some well-deserved time off today. So we're taking the opportunity to showcase some of our local ministry programs. Coming up next, it's Helping Life Make Sense with Dr. John Connell, pastor of Countryside Baptist Church. The next few moments may well change your life. Lord, whatever it takes for my will to break, Lord, whatever it takes to make me like Jesus Christ, however you want to use me, and then just unleash that control into God's hand. Welcome to Helping Life Make Sense, a ministry broadcast of the Countryside Baptist Church. 
Located at 2525 North McMullen Booth Road in Clearwater, Florida. And online at countrysidebaptist.org. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Dr. John Connell as we focus on biblical truth presented in an engaging way. For 30 years, B.H. Carroll served as the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. Ultimately, he became the founder and the first president of Southwest Baptist or Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary located in Fort Worth, Texas. In one of his books published in 1939, Carol had this to say about the event of Pentecost. And if you will, roll us on forward three or four slides. As recorded in Acts chapter 2, this is what he said. The people of God do not yet have clear conceptions of the significance of this wonderful transaction. Indeed, if you want your mind tangled up and confused, all of its ideas reduced to thick mist and shifting shadows. You have only to read the miscellaneous literature written upon the subject. Now, what was true in the 1930s remains true some 90 years later. Interpretations of this text range from fear to fantasy, from doubt to delirium, from ignorance to elitism. And of course, the explanation uh, is that these two, these few verses in Acts chapter 2 are usually uh, blurred by one of two problems. First, there are those who attempt to understand Acts 2 by means of dry intellectualism. That is, they want to use their heads and nothing more. Then second, there are those who come to under or strive to understand Acts 2 by means of raw emotionalism. That is, they want to use their hearts and nothing more. However, Jesus clearly stated that the greatest commandment in the law is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind. When it comes to the Bible, we are not to make a choice between head and heart, as if the two are in opposition to one another. Rather, we come to the Bible with both head and heart. The heart without the head, or the head without the heart, both lead to extremism. The head without the heart is void of life. The heart without the head is void of sound judgment. The head without the heart has no vitality. The heart without the head has no discipline. The head without the heart has no sense of motivation, while the heart without the head has no sense of organization. Now, we are interested in Acts chapter 2 because God not only wants to embrace us, but God wants to empower us. We are interested in Acts 2 because the express purpose of the church, which is plainly stated in Acts 1, cannot be accomplished by the explosive power which God supplies to the church in Acts 2. Now, we are interested in Acts 2 because God's revolutionary promise to pour out His Spirit upon all of His people comes to fruition in these verses. Now, Acts 2 does not mark the first time 
that God's Spirit had empowered one of his servants. But it does mark the first time that God's Spirit empowered all of God's servants. Beginning with Acts 2, all who come to Christ are immersed in the sphere of the Holy Spirit. As a result, all God's people have the ability not only to absorb the truth of God's Word and apply that truth to their lives, but they have the ability to inspire others to follow Him as well. Now, as we bring both heads and hearts to this passage of Scripture, I want us to examine as a starting place the event that stood as the backdrop for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Verse 1 begins in the following way. When the day of Pentecost had come. Now this phrase tells us that the outpouring of God's Spirit occurred on the day of Pentecost. A new and exciting era of personal empowerment began on the occasion of Pentecost. But why Pentecost? Why this particular day as opposed to some other day? Well, many people have never even considered such a question, but instead they just rush through the opening phrase of verse 1 as if there is no significance to be found yet. As surely as God sent forth his son when the fullness of time came, so God had a specific reason to fulfill his promise made through Joel on this particular day. And we know that God never does anything arbitrarily. Unfortunately, most Christians associate Pentecost with the outpouring of God's Spirit rather than associating the outpouring of God's Spirit with Pentecost. Pentecost came first. In fact, Pentecost came nearly a millennium and a half before the event of Acts 2. And if that fact is not rightly observed, then a powerful truth is missed when it comes to the outpouring of God's Spirit. So don't miss this. The outpouring of God's Spirit occurred at Pentecost because of the intimate connection between Passover and Pentecost. Passover and Pentecost. Passover and Pentecost. Passover and Pentecost. Say that with me. Passover and Pentecost. The outpouring of God's Spirit occurred at Pentecost because of the intimate connection between Passover and Pentecost. So, what is the connection? Passover is the annual Hebrew festival that commemorates the tenth and final plague that fell on the nation of Egypt because Egypt's Pharaoh failed to liberate God's people Israel that they might worship and serve him without restraint. In this terrible, unimaginable plague, the death angel marched through the land of Egypt, taking the life of every family's firstborn child except for those families 
who had painted the doorpost of their homes with the blood of a sacrificial lamb. When the death angel saw the blood, he passed over that home. So the firstborn child remained alive. Thus the term Passover. The blood of the sacrificial lamb symbolized the blood of the ultimate sacrificial lamb, Jesus Christ, who would take away the sin of all who would choose to put their faith and their trust in him. As Israel was saved physically by the blood of the lamb, so we are saved spiritually by the blood of Jesus Christ. The writer of Hebrews said, without shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Except for the spilling of Christ's blood on the cross, no one could be or would be passed over in the final judgment, but all would suffer eternal destruction. Now, the day following the festival of Passover, the nation of Israel began seven weeks of harvest. 49 days of gathering the grain. On the 50th day following Passover, the people of Israel as a nation threw a huge party or huge festival in which they considered or celebrated the gathering of the harvest. It is a celebration they called Pentecost. And the word Pentecost actually means 50. Now, historians tell us that as the day of Pentecost approached, Jews from all over the known world would journey to Jerusalem. Acts 2.5 tells us that Jews were present from every nation under heaven. From all directions, long caravans of devout Israelis could be seen weaving their way to the holy city. With them, they carried in baskets the first fruits of the harvest as an offering to the Lord. Upon reaching the outskirts of Jerusalem... These wayfarers were met by priests and Levites who escorted them right into the temple itself. As they entered the temple, they placed the baskets of grain on their shoulders, all the while singing songs of praise and adoration to God. In their songs, they gave glory to God as the keeper of the harvest and as the life-giving, uh, a source of life-giving rain and fertile soil. Upon reaching the place of offering, the baskets would be given to the priest who would in turn set the grain before the altar of the Lord. Now, as the grain was placed before the altar, the one bringing the gift would make a confession of thanksgiving to God by reciting the words of Deuteronomy 26, Verses 5 through 10. My father was a wandering Aramean, and he went down to Egypt and sojourned there, few in number. But there he became a great, mighty, and populous nation. 
and the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us and imposed hard labor on us. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction and our toil and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with great terror and with signs and wonders. And he has brought us to this place and has given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Now behold, I have brought the first of the produce of the ground which you, O Lord, have given me. Taken alone, the obvious significance of Pentecost as the day of the Spirit's outpouring in Acts 2 is that those who participated in this initial outpouring of the Spirit are seen as the first fruits of the harvest that would come for centuries and centuries, thousands of years to come. That is, among all those who would be immersed into the sphere of the Spirit through all of the time to come, those who were gathered in this upper room were the first to be so endowed. Yet more than that, Pentecost is so closely connected with Passover because we are to see that a person cannot enjoy the power of the Spirit unless he or she has first accepted the provision of the Savior. Without Passover, there can be no Pentecost. And without the blood of the Savior, there can be no baptism of the Spirit. Now allow me, if you will, uh, a moment to take this 21st century thrust that I hope will give you specific relevant insight. Unknown, unknown, untold numbers of people in this nation and all across the world are seeking divine power. Millions all across America and the globe are anxious for the intervention of the supernatural in their lives. They had this desperate longing to make a connection with the cosmic energy that is beyond them. Yet at the same time, we'll befriend them, protect them, guide them, enliven them, and assure them somehow of immortality. Now, I believe that part of the huge popularity of the Luke Skywalker, uh, Luke Skywalker character in the Star Wars episodes is the invisible force that constantly moves upon Luke's life. Everyone has memorized the classic line that permeates each one of those movies. Do you remember what it was? May the force be with you. Everybody knows that. May the force be with you. And most viewers exit those movies with an overwhelming desire in their hearts to connect somehow with the force. I want the force. I need the force. If only there were a force. And of course, if you could tap into the force, then death would not be an ending but a beginning. You may remember that the character Obi-Wan Kenobi in, uh, in the fourth movie said to Darth Vader, take my life. 
and I'll become more powerful than ever. Now, whether you are into channeling or karma or nirvana or seances or the Ouija board or transcendental meditation, all of these things are nothing more than fledgling attempts of empty men and women to connect personally with the supernatural. Let me give you the wonderful news. The wonderful news is that each one of us can be embraced by the supernatural. The good news is that each one of us can be empowered by the supernatural. However, that connection can only be made through Jesus Christ. In Acts 4.12, Peter boldly declared, There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, Paul unashamedly wrote, There is one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ. What does that tell us? Only Jesus can link your life to the supernatural. Only Jesus can bring to you a divine force that is beyond human calculation. A divine force who is so satisfying that you lose yourself in his presence. That you become a different kind of person. That you become a confident person. You become a bold person. You become a daring person. You become a person who believes that life is to be lived in an entirely different sphere. And of course that brings us back to Pentecost. The explosive power of the Holy Spirit is available to you right now. You can connect with the supernatural life today, and you can connect with the supernatural life every day. How? Well, you can connect to the supernatural life by connecting to Jesus Christ. If you are not connected to him, forget whatever you may be trying to do to get the force into your life or somehow to connect with the supernatural. It's not going to happen. According to the word of God, you've got to connect to Jesus Christ who connects you to the supernatural. Now, I don't mean at all making a commitment to Jesus. We often talk about make a commitment to Jesus. But we're not talking about making a commitment to Jesus. We are talking about surrendering to Jesus. See, when you make a commitment to Jesus Christ, you are in control. When you surrender to Jesus, Jesus is in control. When you make a commitment to Jesus, that commitment is usually limited. When you surrender to Jesus, there are no limits. If you are a believer, you are being invited to surrender to Jesus Christ, holding nothing back. There are all kinds of men and women who became Christians at some time in their far past, 
And in that moment, they gave everything about their lives over to Jesus Christ. But through the years, they have pulled Christ off of the throne and inserted themselves back onto the throne. They have a commitment, but not surrender. And so you may be in this audience today having made some kind of commitment to Jesus Christ. And yes, years ago, he came into your life, but surrender has been left far behind. So if you are a Christian, you are being asked today to re-surrender your life to Jesus Christ, holding nothing back. Does that sort of give you butterflies in your stomach? When you start saying, Lord, I'm going to hold nothing back. And I would suggest that we get those butterflies because down in the deepest part of our being, we are actually afraid that if we give control of our life to Jesus, if we surrender to him, he has some terrible, terrible plans in store for us. Would you agree with that? Would you believe that? Listen, I I, I can remember decades ago, kneeling in an altar and saying, Lord, whatever it takes for my will to break. I know I got up out of that altar pale and shaken. I mean, just the idea of going before God and praying that kind of prayer is menacing to folks because our theology of God is so Weak. And yet here is what happened in the first century as the church was brought into existence, men and women surrendering to Jesus Christ and giving him control of their lives. And you see, I understand that this is such a difficult thing that even many Christians struggle with it day after day after day. Because we like control. So we can make a commitment that requires a lot less than surrender. Whatever you bring into my life. Except when God allows something or brings something into our lives that's very difficult, we immediately want to withdraw, surrender, and kind of go back to commitment. Because we turn everything over to God, and then things happen that we don't want, like the coronavirus, or like cancer, or like a lost job or like some other difficulty that is coming upon us. And then we sort of change the way we think about God, at least in the moment, because it's not going like we want it to. So it is for every believer coming to that point again where he or she is willing to say, Lord, whatever it takes for my will to break. Lord, whatever it takes to make me like Jesus Christ, however you want to use me, 
and then just unleash that control into God's hand. Thanks for listening to Helping Life Make Sense, a broadcast ministry of Countryside Baptist Church. Dr. Connell hopes you have been encouraged and uplifted by tuning in. If you'd like to participate in this ministry or have questions, contact us at 727-726-2550. That's 727-726-2550 or at countrysidebaptist.org. Join us again next Sunday morning at 11 a.m. for Helping Life Make Sense with Dr. John Connell. If you're like a lot of Floridians, you've not been spending a lot of time in your car. When you're called back to work or taking that nice family drive to get away from it all, take a good look at your windshield. If you notice any cracks or chips, I want you to call Auto Glass America. I use them on my windshield replacement. Was so happy with the work. Remember, just because you drive an expensive import, you don't have to go to the dealer. And with Auto Glass America, you get a free windshield and cash back with comprehensive insurance that is the kind of deal we all need in this economy. Remember, 813-96-GLASS. 813-96-GLASS for Auto Glass America. Tell them Mike Gallagher sent you. What if I told you you could save a baby's life for just $28? What's true? Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people just like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant women and girls who might otherwise choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother who is abortion-minded the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. And a $15,000 gift will provide an ultrasound machine that will save lives for years to come. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a phone call or click away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or give online, preborn.org slash radio. You know, spring cleaning doesn't just mean the deep clean you do around the house once a year. You may want to do some tidying up for your business's digital marketing, and Salem Surround can help. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more by logging on to surroundtampa.com, surroundtampa.com. Connecting you with new customers. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. 
This is Jerry Boyer of Town Hall Finance for townhall.com. The presidential election might not be until November, but another election season has already started. America's largest corporations are now holding annual shareholder meetings, and we should all be paying attention. One to track closely is on May 27th, when Amazon's investors are going to be asked to vote on whether to end Amazon's practice of outsourcing its charitable screening to the left-wing Southern Poverty Law Center. By relying on these biased activists, Amazon has excluded Christian charities from the list of options which customers can support via Amazon's Smile program. As a publicly traded company, Amazon is ultimately subject to its shareholders. If you're invested in Amazon, you're an owner. You should speak out. There's an election on May 27th, and it will determine whether one of the largest corporations in the world can treat Christianity as a hate group. I'm Jerry Boyer. Sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. Listen to Faith Talk weekday mornings at 8 for Alan Jackson, senior pastor of World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Trust in the Lord. The best way I know to defeat fear in your life is to use fear as an indicator of a place where you have a lack of trust and begin to find ways to trust the Lord in that place. Alan Jackson Ministries, weekday mornings at 8 on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Some things you hear just stick with you, like when Through the Bible's Dr. J. Vernon McGee says, It's not the book of the month, it's the book of the ages that we need today. Got a favorite Bible bus saying? This is Letter Month at Through the Bible. Tell them your favorite quote by logging onto our station website keyword letter. They'd love to hear from you. Let us know how Through the Bible with J. Vernon McGee has impacted your life. Click the Through the Bible banner today at letstalkfaith.com. Hi, David Moss Jr. here. On behalf of our family and team at Moss Nissan, thank you to our healthcare professionals and first responders for the heroic efforts. To honor their commitment, doctors, nurses, and first responders will get 20% off of all service work, free valet service, along with complimentary cleaning and sanitizing of their vehicles with OmniShield. As Tampa Bay reopens for business, now is the best time to purchase a new or pre-owned vehicle from Moss Nissan. With incredible factory incentives, 0% financing available on new vehicles, and rock-bottom pricing on all pre-owned vehicles, you'll save like never before. And rest assured that when you visit any Moss Nissan location, proper precautions have been taken, including frequent sanitizing all high-touch surfaces. Plus, Moss Nissan provides OmniShield, an antimicrobial treatment, as part of every Moss Care maintenance package. If you feel safer at home, you can shop, finance, and schedule delivery or service all at MossNissan.com. I'm David Moss Jr., and Moss Nissan is open for business. Take Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910 with you wherever you go. Using our mobile app, letstalkfaith.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and at radio.com. WTBN, Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. And now, In Touch with Charles Stanley. Sponsored by In Touch Ministries, Incorporated. It's a supernatural task. It is a shared task, but it's unfinished. Jesus' part's finished. Our part is unfinished. You and I have a responsibility, a divine responsibility. What can I do? What should I do? What is God telling me to do? And what am I willing to do? The task is very simple. I'm to share the gospel. Welcome to In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. 
When you go to the doctor, the visit often begins with a quick check of your vital signs. Today, we'll be challenged to run a check on our spiritual heartbeat. Your answers to four important questions will help determine the health of your relationship with Christ. Here's part two of Facing the Unfinished Task. What is this unfinished task that we have as a church? Not just our church, but as the whole church, the whole body of Christ. And why do we call it an unfinished task, and why is it unfinished? Now, let's clarify what the task is. The task is sharing the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the task. So I want us to look at it and view it properly for a few moments and think about it in the way our Heavenly Father thinks about it because this task falls in the category of several things. First of all, it is a divine task. Notice what he says. He says, as the Father sent me, so send I you. And if you'll think for a moment why Jesus came. The Scripture says that he came, first of all, to reveal the Father. Secondly, he came to die a sacrificial atoning death at Calvary to pay for our sins. Thirdly, he came to seek and to save that which is lost. And fourthly, he came, the Scripture says, to give us an abundant life. So he came for very specific reasons. The ultimate, most important one, of course, was to die on the cross. So this task that we have is a task that Jesus certainly has done his part. In fact, he did what we could not do. He finished his task. He came to reveal the Father, down the cross for our sins, seeking to save that which is lost, and then to give us an abundant life. It is also, and very evident, a redemptive task, so that all of us who become involved in this task become involved in God's redemptive plan for mankind. By redemptive task, I simply mean this, that he came for the purpose of dying on the cross, a sacrificial, substitutionary, vicarious death to pay the sin debt of the whole world. And when the Father placed upon him your sin and mine, and Jesus died, he paid our sin debt so that you and I could be pardoned of all of our sin, have a personal relationship with God the Father, be sealed by his Holy Spirit, for all eternity, a redemptive task, which means that every single one of us who become involved, become involved with him in the very purpose for which he came. But it is also a task that demands far more than you and I have to give. It is a task that is supernatural in its very nature, because you and I don't have the wisdom, nor the strength, nor the knowledge, nor the understanding to carry out the task he's given us apart from the Holy Spirit. And this is why he said to his disciples, he said, tarry in the city of Jerusalem till you are endued with power from on high. Why? Because he knew that you and I, for example, we can't open blind eyes. We can't convict people of sin. We cannot forgive them of their sin. We cannot save them, but we can share the truth. But even that is to be done in the power of the Holy Spirit. So it is a supernatural task. All the work of the church, all the work of sharing the gospel is a supernatural task demanding and requiring that the power of the Holy Spirit be evident and that he's doing the work. So what has he done? He came with a divine task, a redemptive task, a task that demands supernatural intervention of the Holy Spirit, but he also gave us a task that is a shared task. Now, think about it for a moment. One of the first things that Jesus did, and remember who he is, this is God walking among men. He didn't need anyone. 
He didn't have to have anyone, but here's what he did. One of the first things he did was to share the task that the Father had given him with 12 others. Well, if he were God, could not he have done the whole thing himself? Well, that's possible, but he chose to share that task with others. He chose 12 men, different types of people, different types of personalities, different backgrounds. And what he did, he spent those three years instructing them, teaching them, and training them because he wanted them to share what he was teaching them with others. And so our task is a task that is to be shared. There are no lone ranges in the preaching and the proclamation of the gospel. There are no lone ranges in the church. It is what we do together, interdependently upon each other, and dependent upon the Holy Spirit. But it is also an unfinished task. Somebody says, well, what I want to know is, when is he going to get finished? Well, you know what? That's not a good question. The reason I know it's not a good question is because Jesus said to his disciples on one occasion when they were asking him, now, when are these things going to come about? He was talking about his return and all the things that were going to happen. And they said, well, uh, when is this going to happen? He said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons. He says, but what you're to do is you're to do what I've called you to do. So people sometimes will say to me, they'll say, as if they thought I knew, and God knows I don't know. They'll say, well, now, Dr. Stanley, will you tell us, do you think Jesus is coming soon? And my answer is, they expect me to say, yes. And my answer is, I don't know. I don't know when he's coming. It's none of my business when he comes. My business is to teach the Word of God, proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit until he does come or until he calls me home. And so the idea of when is not the issue. The issue is it is an unfinished task. He finished his part. Our part isn't finished. Somebody says, well, when will it be finished? When he says so. When he says so, it'll be finished. Until then, you and I have a responsibility, a divine responsibility, a redemptive responsibility. Listen, an impossible responsibility apart from the Holy Spirit a responsibility that is to be shared with each other and everywhere all over this world. This is a very important thing that God's called us to do. And if we don't understand what it is, and if we don't understand that we have a responsibility, we have a share in this, we'll try to shirk our responsibility. Now, here's what happens. Many people go to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and they are hearers. Watch this now. They're hearers, but they're detached hearers. They listen as long as they hear something that will help them maybe be a little better or help them in some situation, some circumstance in life. But when it comes to responsibility, when it comes to commitment, all of a sudden they become detached. And it's easy to listen to the gospel and become detached, not even realizing that's what you're doing, becoming detached when it requires something of you. So what you have to ask is this, am I an involved, interested, integrated listener? Do I hear because I want the Lord to change my life? Do I want God to change me so he can use me to impact other people's lives? Or do I just want to remain detached? So let's look for a moment how people respond to this unfinished task. We say it's a divine task. It's a redemptive task. Listen, It's a supernatural task. It is a shared task, but it's unfinished. Jesus' part's finished. Our part is unfinished. Now, this is the moment in most sermons where you detach. 
So I'm asking you for God's sake and your sake and the people whom you love and people you don't love yet because you don't know them. Don't get detached right now. Because you see, if I understand what the mission is, and I understand the nature of the task, which we've explained very clearly, there are four questions I have to face and you have to face. What can I do? What should I do? What is God telling me to do? And what am I willing to do? Now, you ought to write them down. What can I do? The task is very simple. I'm to share the gospel. What can I do? What should I do? What is God telling me to do? What am I willing to do? You see, nowhere does it say that you are to save anybody or forgive them of their sins. You can forgive people who wrong you, but forgiveness of sin between them and God, you can't do that. Here's what you can do. You can share your faith. You can say to someone else, I know you're going through a difficult time. I've been through difficult times in my life, and I want to tell you what made the difference. I trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, and it made all the difference in the world in my life. And if you'll let me, I'd like to share with you how that happened in my life. I'm here to tell you people are more open to hear you explain what Jesus has done in your life than they have ever been. Listen, this nation is wide open, and many other parts of the world wide open to the truth of the gospel. What can you do? You can tell it like God has worked it into your life. What should you do? On the basis of the fact that people without Christ are going to die and be lost and eternally separated from Him for all eternity, what should you do? Should you pass by people that you know are lost and never mention Jesus? There's not a single one of us who would say, well, just walk right on by them. Just let somebody else tell them. You know that you should not do that. What is God telling you to do? Is God telling you, don't tell anybody. Religion and politics are not to be discussed. I've heard that so many times, and I want to say, religion and politics, maybe so, but Jesus is to be shouted. Jesus is to be talked about everywhere we go. What is God telling you to do? I can tell you exactly what He's telling you to do. Stop keeping quiet about the most important thing in all of life, about the message that changes people's eternal destiny, about the message that keeps them out of hell and gets them into heaven, about the message that will absolutely transform their life. You cannot afford to keep quiet. He would never tell you to keep quiet. He would never tell you, don't say anything else about that. What are you willing to do? Are you willing to share the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you willing to tell somebody else, you say, well, what will they think? Did Jesus ever say, now check their attitude? He didn't say that. 
It's not a matter of what they think. You know what happens? If you and I share the gospel with somebody and they don't like it, mark this down. The day will come when they will wish to God they had heard you, listened to you, and done exactly what you told them they needed to do. That day will come. So you know what? We plant the seed. Maybe they listen at that time. Maybe they don't. Maybe they believe. Maybe they don't. That's not our responsibility. Your responsibility is to tell it. Your responsibility is to share it. So let's think about this. Question number one, what can I do? Question number two, what should I do? Question number three, what is God telling me to do? And question number four, what am I willing to do? Now, here's the big question. What are you willing to do? You can't say, well, I didn't know what to do. Nobody ever told me what to do. You can't say, I shouldn't obey God. What you have to ask is this. What is God telling you to do? Now, listen carefully. I would never tell someone exactly what they're to do in a given situation. I can say, here's what God says, but you have to make the choice. I can tell you this. According to this Word, you and I are to share the truth of the gospel to people around us. And He will give you a sense of spirit. He will move you. He will stir your heart, especially when He wants you to deal with some specific person. Now, I want you to think about it. He's already brought somebody to your mind while I've been talking. I know he has. Somebody that you know is not a Christian. Somebody you know, they're unsaved. They may be rough and haughty, or may they may be very gentle and very nice and very kind. You know they're not saved. What can you do? What should you do? What's God telling you to do? What are you willing to do? And here's what's going to happen. The way you and I respond to those four questions is going to reveal something about us. Now, we can all make mistakes, and we can all falter at times and miss our opportunities, but we should absolutely repent before Almighty God. Now, listen. It's one thing to make a mistake that has to do with money or material things. It's something else entirely different to make a mistake, to overlook, to disobey something that causes someone else to miss out on what God has for them. The way I answer those questions will reveal four things about me and about you. Number one, it'll reveal whether I love Him, Jesus, my Lord, or if I just pay Him lip service. It'll reveal whether I am walking in the Spirit or in the flesh. It'll reveal whether I am a true servant of His, a genuine servant, or if I just pay lip service to it, just talk about it. Am I a doer? Am I a servant or just a hearer? It'll also reveal something about whether I'm living for myself or I'm living for Him. It will also reveal if I'm a true follower of Jesus, 
or just simply a name dropper. I'm a Christian. He's not looking for name droppers. He's looking for people who are willing to ask the question, what can I do? What should I do? Lord, what are you telling me to do? And Lord, whatever it is, I'm willing to do it. We claim him as our Lord. You know what the Lord is? The Lord means he's our boss. Now, if he's the boss, he has a right to tell me what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And one thing I know for certain, he doesn't want me listening disconnected. He doesn't want me hearing and disobeying. He doesn't want me hearing and ignoring. He doesn't want me hearing and rationalizing. He doesn't want me hearing and shifting responsibility. He wants me to hear and to obey. Now, let me ask you a question. You've heard the four questions. At this point in your life, as a believer, knowing according to the Scripture that each one of us has a personal responsibility to share our faith, what can you do? You can share it. What should you do? Share it. What's he telling you to do? Share it. What are you willing to do? That is the big question. What can I do? What should I do? What is he telling me to do? What am I willing to do? You answer those questions honestly, and you know what will happen? Your life's going to take on a whole new meaning, and the people around you are going to know something has happened to you that is very good. Today on In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley, we were challenged with these questions. What can I do? What should I do? What is God telling me to do? And what am I willing to do? Your answers reveal your true commitment to the Lord. Trust Him, and He'll help you find your place in fulfilling the unfinished task. You can learn more about the mission God gave to the church and your role in it when you visit our website, intouch.org. And to order a copy of Dr. Stanley's complete message, Facing the Unfinished Task, visit our online bookstore. Again, log on to intouch.org or call 1-800-IN-TOUCH. To write to us, address your letter to In Touch, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia, 30357. If you've become comfortable with sin in your life, you're ignoring or forgetting that's a dangerous place to be. Today's moment with Charles Stanley is coming up. God speaks through the beauty of His creation. Glorious sunsets, snow-capped mountains, mighty rivers. In Dr. Stanley's beautiful photography book, Landscapes of His Grace, you'll find inspiring photographs, passages of Scripture, reflections, quotes from Dr. Stanley, and more. To order Landscapes of His Grace, call 1-800-IN-TOUCH or go to intouch.org. Want to inspire your child to learn about the Bible? Awaken their imagination with illustrated Bible stories from In Touch Ministries' storybook of God's great love, the New Testament. This beautifully illustrated storybook will bring familiar Bible characters to life and help your child understand God's loving message in the New Testament. To order the storybook of God's great love, 
Go to InTouch.org or call 1-800-IN-TOUCH. To their detriment, believers can choose to ignore warnings from the Holy Spirit. Is your response to sin weak? Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. If you sin against God, the Spirit of God is going to convict you if you're a true believer. But you do it again, and you ask the Lord to forgive you again, and again, and again, and again. 